All right, so we're back here on another Couch Coach Live, our new time on Wednesdays now, under the lights here in Couch Coach Live, man. Another Wednesday, we got through half of the week already. Um, what's going on, fellas? What's going on, Maui? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Everything good. What's going on, JB? Not much, man. Everything is going good. Oh, Maui, man, I you're you're the MVP, man. I got I got to tell you, man. You you put me on to Marcos. You put me on to oh. Marcos, man. Mar- Marcos <laughs> is amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's, it's flame. Let me yes. tell you something about Marcos. Let me tell you something about Marcos, man. I could be having a stressed out day. The one at Colonial Heights, hit him up online. Sometimes I go in there and they say, "Hey, since you're so nice, we're gonna go ahead and up you." And I'm like, "You gonna up me?" You mean you gonna give me a love? For, you ain't gonna charge? No. Then they call me. Hey, you still want to cut like squares, right? I'm like, you know, I still want to cut like squares. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's it's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, man, it, it's flame. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we got a great show lined up for you tonight. So we'll talk. We'll do somewhat of an exit interview for uh for the for the L.A. Lakers. Um, uh, 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 Lakers, our Laker guy here. So we definitely gotta have like, an official exit exit interview for him. Um, then also, uh, we'll talk about um Coach K retirement. Uh, we'll actually talk about some news that's that's brewing now in college football where. We have a potential college football expansion, and then we also talk about the Julio Jones trade and some other things for tonight. So before we get started, man, let's kick that intro, and we'll get that going, and we'll get the show rolling momentarily. All right, so we're back here on Couch Coach Live. So the first topic tonight that we want to discuss is the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and we talked about them last week as far as kind of being on the, on the verge of, um, of being eliminated, and it actually did happen 48 hours after we recorded mm-hmm. last week. Um, they lost to the Phoenix Suns in, um, in the four, four games of two. So our resident Laker guy, um, we already know what happened. We're not gonna kind of rehash all that. Uh, what's what's um, what's on the horizon for next year, man? Your thoughts on the season, and then what's gonna happen for you guys next year, Maui? You know, you didn't have to say my name like that. I, I just feel like, <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like I'm being treated. Something. Y'all just wanna y'all wanna double team me because you know last year I was on I was on one, you know. And you know this this is 2021, and we 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 supposed to be brothers. So y'all should have some compassion for me and what I'm going through. You know what I mean? It don't make no sense. How Schroeder? How you don't make no points in a playoff game? And you talking for eight? You want 87, 87 million dollars? Well, you can get a two piece in a bucket and some mashed potatoes and coleslaw off of churches. Oh my goodness! How you don't make any points? I guess y'all don't feel my pain. It's maybe. It's I mean, a, all right. Hey. I mean, hey, put it like this. I don't. I don't. I just think that they seem like they, you know, the two stars was hurt. I think they tried to make something out of something. I never really liked this squad anyway, and I always feel like I hated, regardless. I hated losing Rondo because I felt like if when LeBron sometimes when he's in the game, he can get the game controllable, then they'll take him out the game. And having Rondo, it's like, okay, you got somebody whose basketball IQ is just as good as as, as um, LeBron's is. You know what I mean? And then dealing with – it's just – it just always seemed like they were trying to figure it out the whole year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just – you know, and everybody – like, everybody really was saying that they were really happy with this team and they felt like they was improved on paper. I think one thing – about watching sports is we got to watch sports. You know what I mean? And sometimes you look at the numbers and you think this, this, and that, but sometimes you got to watch it. You know what I mean? And you can see it just, it just didn't, they just couldn't figure it out, man. You know what I mean? You just couldn't figure it out. Like it just, and then once AD, cause I feel like sometimes when you are a championship team or a deep playoff team, even if your stars, uh, a star get hurt or two stars, 
you still got to be able to figure it out until they can come back healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, but um, it is what it is. Next year, um, it's a lot of um, free agents. It's a lot of, you know, dudes that um, are opting out. Um, me personally, I'm excited that they're going to get some rest because I felt like, um, you know, I, one thing about a lot of stuff I'm going to talk about today, I think people forgot there was a pandemic last year. And everybody's acting like everything is the norm. And I still feel like it's not normal just yet. Just like the NFL season. A lot of people didn't play that usually play because they didn't. And I'm not, if I'm mistaken with that, didn't a lot of, a lot of dudes decided that they wasn't going to play? Because yeah, of, um, yeah, yeah, it's a big yeah, lockdown. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah and, then, well, and, and more, more so in the NFL than in any other sport. Uh, right, yeah, right. Like a lot of opt-outs. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You did. So I, I mean, the reason I'm saying that is because I know they're trying to make us feel like things of the norm. And when I do the game ball, I'm going to speak on that. But I felt like if you pay attention to this NBA playoffs, there's only one team that was deep in the playoffs that's still in there, and Never. that's the Nuggets. Yep. That's the Nuggets. Everybody else is, has been eliminated in the first round or didn't make the playoffs. You know what I mean? I'm not making any excuses because I do feel like these Lakers won the championship and they got comfortable. They was eating scrimps. People patting them on their back. You know what I mean? And they didn't have that. They didn't have that get up and go like they had last year. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping, um, you know, I got confidence, though. I think um, next season is going to be pretty good. I think they're going to be able to um, hopefully bring some things together. They just can't think. They just put some people together and they can win the championship. Yeah. JB, your thoughts on, on the Lakers? Um, so two things. I just so I want to talk to, like, I, I agree with what you said a bit, Deshaun, about, like, I think them winning last year probably hurt them. But I also think, in a way, I think the pandemic helped them last year. So, I mean, you look at right. what happened. There was a four-month stoppage. And, I mean, I think right. that the four-month stoppage actually really helped LeBron because LeBron yeah. actually, he came back like he was fresh. So, I right. think that helped him. And then, also, you look at AD's injury history. Him getting that four-month right. break was probably perfect for him last year, too, because right. this guy, he's only had two seasons where I think he's played more than 74 games. He's he's injury-prone. Right. We Let's just call it what it right. is. He's a great player, but he's injury-prone. Right. So, yeah, I think it helped him win the championship, but then I think for this year, it definitely hurt them because what, they had, like, what, 73 days off? So, yeah, 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 they yeah. had 73, 73 days off, and you did touch on the fact that basically all the teams that made the conference finals last year are all done. All of them got knocked on the first round. You had the Lakers go out uh, in six, Celtics went out in five, and Miami got swept, and Denver's the only one left standing, and I, I think Denver is probably going to get eliminated this round, too, but that's a different story. But um, I, I didn't like their offseason, man. I, I thought that there were a lot of things that they did that I just thought, that, that I just thought wasn't smart. Like So one, and I I got into so many arguments with Laker fans about this, about Danny Green, and they were like, oh, he's garbage, he's garbage. Uh, Schrader's Danny Green's a different player than Schrader, man. Like, Schrader, if you look at Schrader's history, Schrader has only been really effective when you pair him with another guard. So last year in Oklahoma City was a perfect situation with him. He was playing with Chris Paul, and he was playing with Shea Gojers Alexander. He's not the same, and... He, he's not the same, man. I think Danny Green is definitely a more valuable playoff player. Like, Danny Green's a, a 3 and D guy. I think Danny Green actually mm -hmm. would have been probably one of the better shooters on this team. I think that mm -hmm. off of this Laker team, LeBron and AD were by far the best shooters. And Danny Green would have been another, you know, reliable shooter. Um, mm -hmm. You also look at Montrezl Harrell. Like, Montrezl Harrell, like, look, if you're trying to make the playoffs, Montrezl Harrell, is a, he's a great guy to have. You can play him a lot of minutes, but – in the playoffs, depending on the matchup, you're not going to be able to play him. You saw what happened to him last year in the bubble when um, basically he was getting murdered. He he basically Jokic made him unplayable, and I mean, then then boy, he had what two do not plays in the first round or whatever. And I just thought a lot of the moves that they made in the offseason yep. they didn't make. Like, and I'll say this: I think. LeBron's last Cleveland team, 2018, that was a flawed team. The fact that he got them to the finals like is like something else. <laughs> we, we've already talked about this as again. But that 2018 Cleveland team made more sense than this Laker team. That 2018 Cleveland team at least had shooters on there so he could mm -hmm. operate. But this team really didn't have any shooters. And, like, you know, they just didn't have any chemistry. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, the other thing, too, like, why did they sign Drummond? Like, right. Drummond – there's no spacing there, there yeah there's right. no space there's no spacing on the, there's no spacing on the court Drummond mucks thing up like I think LeBron is most dangerous when LeBron has like lanes where he can actually drop now 
LeBron was definitely not himself. He he you you saw like I think maybe what he I, I, I he, think, did, I think he, it's, it's, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's it's like he looked fatigued. He looked mentally, yeah, no, he did. mentally and physically, and physically fatigued. fatigued. Well, I mean, dude, he's he's played sixty thousand minutes, man, and I think that like like, and this is the other thing I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch on too. We 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 didn't talk about this, but during the trade deadline, why do you not go out and get Kyle Lowry? Like, I, I here's my thing, man. So the holdup was 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 Taylor Horton Tucker and what like a first or second round pick in like 2027 2028 you lebron james isn't going to be on the lakers in 2027 2028 anthony davis the way he's going is probably not going to be in the team in like seven years so i mean like all right so here's a question i think that you really have to ask when you why you don't make the deal do you think taylor horton tucker is going to be as good as what kyle lowry is in next year because i don't think so and i think i would much rather have kyle lowry with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, so I can at least try to win a championship before LeBron James, before Father Time finally catches up with men. You know, this is two of the past three years where LeBron James has missed substantial time. I mean, like, he's mm. not getting any younger, and I think that they kind of took his greatness for granted. I mean, he's not like they always third. Do. This is not a 31, 32 year old LeBron James where mm. he can, like, you know, put you know, a team on this back and, you know, get them like, you know, far away. I mean, if you do this again next year with Anthony Davis injury issues, the same thing is going to happen again if you don't change the SEMA. But I think that they should have went out. They should have gotten Kyle Lowry. And I, I don't understand why they didn't. I think, yeah, I, I don't understand. it. Hey, hey, Chris, can yeah. I rebuttal? Yeah. Um, one of the most important things of getting Rondo and, and, and I'm, I'm yeah. just going to say this. Real. One of the things to get Rondo was because of Anthony Davis. The most, the person who had he's had the most success with is actually Rondo more than LeBron. He went, he went in the playoffs with Rondo. You know what I mean? Yeah. He won a championship with Rondo. You know what I mean? So that's one of the reasons I hated that they let him go. And then you understand the importance of having McGee and Dwight Howard because even if AD, it's not a lot of pressure on him. Even if AD is hurt or he's feeling so banged up, he can go ahead and, and and take some games off and you still got JaVale McGee, you still got Dwight Howard. You know what I mean? And and I think also the 2020 team, they really, when they, when, when it was the trade deadline, they really didn't lose anything. They waived, they waived um, one of their guards. They waived uh, cousins. They really didn't lose anything. And then they just added on to it. You know what I mean? And I so it's just I don't know. We go this off season is going to be very interesting because um it's like a reboot. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a reboot. Um, so yeah, I think it just I mean really ultimately what it boiled down to was the injuries. I think um, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis injury, which we talked about it last week, JB, where it was a compound of you know above the injuries kind of coming together, and we knew like I knew like in Game Six. He was done. Like, you know, as far as even him walking into the building, I knew he won't go he won't go do much. I mean, he was mm-hmm. just walking so he was walking so gingerly. And then, you know, LeBron injury as well. And like you said, LeBron isn't getting any older. He'll be he'll be thirty seven in December, so and going into his what nineteenth year in the, in the league. So you just look at just that that war of attrition off of him. And like you said, getting rid of shooters like Danny Green, definitely and that's what you really need. You need the shooters, you need the scores. Because you mm-hmm. look at it like even in that Phoenix series where Chris Paul and Booker pretty much was like, all right, um, I'll do y'all thing. I think they only had like one game where I think Shooter was, was balling, doing his thing. But they could just sit back on defense and be like, all right, cool. Just, just hey, like, I'll put up my 50 points on the offensive end or whatever. And, just, and then let Caruso and all them just right. be open and let them just do what they got to do. And then they underachieved, man. Like, everybody that they signed, everybody was like, oh, this is – I mean, I think they should have done more with Harrell, uh, Montrez Harrell anyway. But at the same time, everybody they signed really uh, underachieved. I mean, Wes, Wes yep. Matthews, like, it was ridiculous. You'd be praying for the ball to go in. You know, every time he shot, you know. Um, another one. It's just – it's uh, yeah, right. It, it was just right. – it's just, it it, almost like – But 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 in his defense, though, I mean, like, I think that we can just, like, say this, man. Wes Matthews has not been the same player, like, since he tore his Achilles in 2015. And, I mean, okay. you can even tell, like – you can even tell in Milwaukee that he's not the same guy. Now, I think 
I think that it's just about expectations. I think that they were expecting someone. I think that if you watch Wes Matthews the last few years, I mean, I think that you got a guy who's going to play solid defense for you, but he's yeah, not yeah, a good he's shooter a anymore. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, I think that they signed a lot of these people thinking that, like, okay, I, I think that when you make these deals, sometimes I think that, like, I, I just think that the front office shit the bed. They they really shit the yeah. bed this offseason. They really did. They replaced a lot of guys. And my thing is this, like, to me, it seemed like they were like, okay, we're doing this for the regular season, but when you're the Lakers, it's not about the regular season. It's about the playoffs. Right. They Play sign off. a lot yeah. of guys that don't have really good playoff track records. Montrezl Harrell doesn't have a good playoff track record. Dennis Schrader does not have a good playoff track record. These are good guys in the regular season, but you know, like, and people, I, I, it just, it, it, it was cringeworthy because, like, a lot of Laker fans were really talking a lot of mess about Danny Green. I'm like, okay, Danny Green, okay, sometimes the shot doesn't go in, but Danny Green, he's a good, he's a very, very, he's a, he's a very, he's a better defender than, than what Montre, than, than what, right. um, than what Dennis Schrader is. And I'm just like, right. look, man, like, Danny Green, and look, Danny Green has done it before in the finals. I mean, this dude has won three championships. I mean, right. even the year the San Antonio lost Miami, I mean, he hit a bunch of three. Now, he went cold the last few games of that series, but the first five games of 2013, Danny Green was balling. Like, this guy has proven that when he's in a big moment that he can perform where Schrader never has. Schrader's, like, if you look at his postseason numbers, his postseason numbers are abysmal. He, he plays really bad in the playoffs. And this has been going on, you know, since yeah. when he was in Atlanta. And, and you know what else? Um, the Utah Jazz team is special. You can see it. That Memphis Grizzly team is special. They get along. You can see it. Um, um, what else team? Uh, man, Phoenix. Um, Phoenix. Phoenix. Phoenix get along. Yeah, you can yeah. feel it and you can see it. Yeah. This Laker team is not like the 2020 team. Like no literally. Chemistry. No chemistry. There's no chemistry. Like that's the truth. Literally, right. you th- these dudes. Cousins, like it gave Cousins a different personality where he was like, man, this has got to be the best team I've ever been with. Like we literally hang out. Like we literally would be like, what y'all about to do? This before the pandemic. Oh, we about yeah. to go eat and go to the movies. Well, cool. We all, the whole team would go. Like it it literally, yeah. I knew, I hate to say that, I knew once Cook left that, okay, yeah, this is, this is probably, and, and not because he was going to do anything, but you could just sense like, okay, this, this is, um, yeah, this ain't gonna work out. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Something ain't gonna be right. And they really like they really swapped out scores for guys who play defense, which in this league you got you got to get some offensive, yeah, get some offensive um, guys in there. I mean, you, when you sit down and think about, because everybody kept on talking about in the season, all oh, the Lakers defense is great, it's great, it's great. Right. But maybe like five, six minutes, they don't score. Score. Yeah, we, talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked yeah. about, yeah. about that with Jalen the other day. Well, not yeah. the other day, but a few weeks yeah. ago. And then also the chemistry. And you got to think about it. This team was built together within 70-something days. So it's kind of right. hard to have that kind of continuity. And then especially the way the things were restricted at this time, because like I said, you, re- right. you really couldn't go out. Lord, they right. almost crucified LeBron James for going out to a party with three weeks ago. So right. you, you couldn't do nothing with you know with people, and I mean it was they were at a point where if uh, somebody came to your house, that's you know that's not you know mm-hmm. you know you can be in violation. So the chemistry obviously wasn't there just due to those type of factors, but it just also it boils down to just the, the injuries where you know if you had them at full strength, um, we'd probably be talking about them playing potentially Denver tonight in Game Two potentially. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's here, no there. But I mean, yeah, I mean, and and it's a good thing, like you said. And I don't know if you remember we talked about this twenty nineteen, where it's LeBron coming off a rest is kind of and not a sure thing, but it's one of the things where it's like you kind of feel confident uh, with a well rested LeBron James, right? And, you know, that's and one then, thing. I remember then, when he missed the playoffs well, in two thousand nineteen, it's right. like man, he can come back with eventually in twenty twenty. That I. I think they were tired, man. I know in 2020, that's why they try to make it a defensive team to slow it down a little bit. Because in, I mean, in this 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 season, in 2020, they were a run and gun team. Like they fast break. Like soon as they get a steal or alley oop, they going down court. You know what I mean? They kept everybody on their heels. That's why they dominated so much. And like I said, they really didn't lose anything. They basically had the same squad the whole year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but you know, I'm, I'm. It's exciting. It's man. It's so many people going to opt out of their contract this season. 
this date on their last year, their contract, they're gonna most likely opt out. There's so many un, um, unrestricted free agents. It's just gonna be interesting to see how everybody go. You know what I mean? Yeah, big time, and yeah, um, as you talked about earlier about um, <laughs> about your boy, your boy Quinn Cook. So um, of course, Quinn Cook went to um, Duke University. Well, our next topic we're gonna talk about um, Coach K. So uh, Coach K, um, actually, it's crazy because we we did the show last Tuesday, and then this news broke actually um, a week ago, right around this time last. So um, Coach K is um, got, is planning to retire after the 2021 season. So in his 41 years at Duke, he's um, had 1,170 victories, five championships, and 12 Final Four appearances. So I'm going to go with our resident Duke guy, JB. Your thoughts on, on, on Coach K retiring? Oh, man, I knew this day was going to come. It's a sad day, but, like, I mean, he doesn't really have anything else to prove. I mean, like, I mean, like, the fact that um, I was, uh, you know, it was funny. Um, I, I was looking at the ACC Sports Network, and I was looking at the documentary about, like, the class that changed everything for him because, like, man, they had some rough years in the beginning. <laughs> They had some really bad years in the beginning, but I mean, like he, he has nothing else to prove. I mean, and you don't want it to be one of these situations where if you're a coach, you hang around for too long and then the recruiting slips and then it kind of tarnishes uh, like what's going on. And I just, I, I think that, you know, like what he's 74. I mean, like he, he doesn't really have anything else to prove it. I mean, you know, he won five championships in like what like 30 years like that's pretty impressive man 12 final fours in like 33 34 years i mean he's had a really 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 good run i mean like um you know like he he has nothing else to prove man um i'm sad from selfish reasons because um i'm a bit skeptical about uh how uh shire is going to be able to replace him because it all comes down to recruiting man like if you can't recruit man your program can go downhill you you even saw what happened with uh north carolina after dean smith left for a little bit before Roy williams came they had slipped a little bit so i mean like i they might be in good hands they might not be but um he he has something else to prove yeah what you got maui your thoughts um um, I was, you know, and you basically said you broke everything that I was going to say. Also against uh, North Carolina, he was, uh, you know, with Williams, he was 23 and 19. And against Dean Smith, he was uh, 14 and 26, um, arch rival. Um, and um, so I, I was wondering why would he retire now? And you know what I mean? And he said that uh, I like the reason for him saying that we retire. He was like, he seemed like the question mark was there. And he was like, you know, he didn't want to recruit or bring anybody in when he couldn't promise that he was going to be there in the long run. And you know what I'm saying? I got just that statement right there was, um, and he seems happy, man. You know what I'm saying? He looks like it's, um, he's not being forced out. You know what I mean? So he seemed like he's excited. I'm happy for him, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's nice. And that's a really nice one because that's one issue. And me and Chris have talked about this before, yeah. like how coaches, you know, they go into these kids' houses and they make promises for them. And a lot of times these coaches are gone a year and then the player is kind of screwed because like, I thought I was going to be with you for two, three years and, and you're mm -hmm. gone after a year. And, you know, I'm kind of glad that they started doing this transfer portal so the players don't have to sit out a year anymore. I think that that's mm -hmm. kind of cool. But, like, no, I think that's nice um, that, you know, he he made that statement about, yeah, like, he yeah. didn't want to promise. Because a lot of coaches, like, you know, I know that you have to do what's best for you and your family, but I think a lot of coaches, they use certain programs as a stepping stone to get something like uh, – like, uh, um, the former VCU coach Will Wade, he used basically yeah. VCU as a stepping stone. Yeah, he used VCU as a stepping stone basically to get to LSU. Right. And how does this man still have a job too, man? I, I, I don't, <laughs> well, under, I don't want to say. Wade. Yeah, Will Wade, Wade. Yeah, I'm not talking about Shaka. Shaka was there for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Will Wade was there for two years. He went to LSU, and then he was on tape saying some some sketchy stuff. And this man still has a job, and I'm I'm, I'm I'm expecting. I was expecting for this dude to get fired. He's still coaching Me LSU. Too. Yeah. It's recruits. He getting the recruits. That's a thing. Well, yeah. wait, it's weird. Like, hey, is, is that the um, football dude or is the basketball dude? Basketball, basketball. for VCU. Yeah, basketball, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, now you're gonna talk about Will Wade. I had this, got a story about Will Wade, but I, I leave that. <laughs> I leave that long for the night. Is, is, is it story time? No, <laughs> no. <it's> just, <laughs> we, just, we, just, we had like an icy reception and a icy kind of. 
interaction in a in a um in an elevator one time, and it was really? a little weird. But he, I mean, he's a good guy and all. But it was just kind of he looked at you know we because this is when they were at um there was an MSG at the tournament. Um, it was a um a two K tournament. This was in twenty fifteen. So we went down there. I think the Duke was in the tournament. I think UConn, a couple of the teams. So we went down there. We actually stayed in the same hotel as VCU. And uh, we were just chilling, me and my uncle. We was like, you know, just talking to him. And he just looked at us like like he was scared of us. We like, <laughs> like that's what's going on. But that but Willie, he's, he's a cool guy. He just got he has a little icy reception, but he's all good. But um, yeah, the coach K retirement. Um, I wouldn't say I'm not too I like the timing it was kind of like, oh man, that's kind of you know, it's kind of a you know a strange thing. But I mean, um why not retire now, especially since his father just retired? So, but you know, that's all jokes aside. But in all seriousness, but in all seriousness, um, what Coach K for that program is just amazing. Like you said, the team that saved that documentary was great because you think about it, he was another team that you know, that you know, Johnny Dawkins, you know, Johnny Dawkins, um. Um, what's your boy from um, Jay Billis, Billy King, all them? You know that documentary was pretty good um, when you look at it from the standpoint, and it just it really just helped amplify the rivalry. Like you said, selfish reasons too. I feel the same way because you know when there's a Duke Carolina, you look at Coach K as like the you want to kind of view him as this type of antagonist type of character. And mm-hmm. now, you know, you won't see that on the sidelines no more. And, like, you know, and we and the funny thing about this, and I talked to, to my uncle. He's a um, Duke guy as well. And we would talk about, like, as far as how, you know, how the rivalry will be going forward, you know, as far as, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about now, you talk about Hubert Davis versus John Shire, which I and, – and in a weird way are two different types of generations versus – Yeah. You know, versus, you know, Roy was the old, older standard – um, not Roy, but um, Dean Smith was kind of like the elder statesman when when um, when uh, Coach K came in 1980, and then he actually, then when Roy came in 03, it was kind of like okay, we you know we're like in the same generation, but um, just one of the things. Well, with just Coach K, you gotta like give tip your head off to him. Um, he was another guy when you you know when you look at the ACC as far as he was like when he first came in, he was the the kind of like the young punk, the rebellious kind of. Coach, he was kind of in that mm-hmm. same line as as the late Jimmy Valvano, where they were like the kind of the young guys, the people they rub people the wrong way. They were like the new kids in school, where everybody was like, nah, you know, I don't, I don't mess with them per se. But uh, what Coach K has done for this program is just it's, it's been you know done short of amazing. You look at just like his who he's recruited and guys have made it on to the next level and just guys in general and in and, and the game of life, you look at a lot of guys from that, you know, from that Duke brotherhood who've gone on to, to, to do great things outside of the basketball ring and then also in the game of life. So definitely um, huge shot to coach K. Uh, we just, you know, we're not going to take it easy on him. So he, you know, his last regular season game would be in, in, in the Dean dome. So, we're not gonna take it easy on on coach, but it's a hell of a ride. Definitely looking forward to see what's gonna happen this year with your, with your boys. But it's gonna be fun. It's definitely gonna be fun, and um, you know, hopefully he have a great run, except for the two games he play play against us. <laughs> but <laughs> but I know, but I, I just hope this rivalry kind of sticks, man. I hope something you know we have some other stuff going on with this rivalry because I, you know, you know, but you know, other than that, man, it's you know definitely a great. Um, career for Coach K and wishing them all the best, him and his family, and you have a great, great opportunity to ride off in the sunset. So definitely, huge shout to Coach K. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, man. He seemed real man. happy, man. I was watching the um, press conference and he had his kids and. You know what I mean? Like he just seemed like you don't see him smile too much. He looks like Gargamel from the Smurf. So you don't see him, you don't see him smile too too much. So the whole time, like for him to smile, it seemed like right. um, it was really hard for him to do it, and he did it. And I was like, especially when he talked about his ten grandchildren, and I was like, yeah, it's about that time, bro. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Like he's like I said, he's the antagonist of this rivalry. <laughs> like, dude, like Coach K is so stoic, <laughs> bro. That's that's what make that's what makes a rivalry better because you at to him, he's perceived as just like a like just just this like this evil character, and mm-hmm. it's so fun. Like like see to see him smile is like, damn. Like versus you know on the other end where Roy is so emotional, he you know which you know it's it's a contrast of two styles. Yeah, you know, Roy right. can be tough, but he still he'll he he love on everybody, and I know Coach K does as well, but in a different way. Yeah, Roy right. Roy, 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 Roy Williams is super emotional. He'll be crying and stuff after games. Yeah, and, man. yeah. Hey, but I'm telling you that I'm telling you that that press conference had me because he was, especially when he was talking about Kenny Williams. You know, because of course Kenny Kenny Williams was from here. From you know, uh, former LC Bird player, and he was another guy. I was like, man, that's just a, you know, you sit down, you think to yourself, like, like he had, like that photographic memory, just remembering guys and who he coached even back in the day. So yeah, man, this is, and it's just the end of an era of of when we talk about coaching greats. Well, we I, I think when we look, I mean, we still have coaching greats. We still got like guys like Bill Self, Cali Perry, even though we everybody be on a little bit on the fence on those guys, but in the same token. They're there, but when we talk about like the ACC, we talk about you know these legends in our in our conference. It's like it, it feels like an end of an era, and like you said, selfishly, it sucks. But we know it, the day was gonna come for you know oh, for yeah. both both Roy and uh, Coach K. But yeah, man. But uh, we we definitely gonna um you know wish him luck, but except for them two games against Carolina. <laughs> He keeps emphasizing. He keeps on some of those two games against Carol against Carolina. He, just, he keeps on emphasizing. Man, yeah, that, that's who yeah. he is, man. <laughs> like I thought he was going. I swear, I thought he threw something when I said something with, about the um, the records against the two North Carolina coaches. I looked at him. He didn't say nothing. I said maybe he didn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's one thing. It's 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 a it's a rivalry, but it's friendly though. You know, we might yeah. do tongue in cheek jokes. But hey, that's what yeah. that's what makes the game the game. Honestly, yeah, so it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not. It's 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 not like one of these. Uh, it's not like one of these English football rivalries where they meet up and they like you know like beat each other up before the games and stuff like that. So. Right. And it ain't, it ain't like Al- Alabama and Auburn. Yeah, <laughs> people. Right. Especially when they're gonna football, man. Hey, they'll fight each other. Oh yeah, I know they will. <laughs> right. So. Fellas, let's talk a little college football. So there are news now where essentially what's going to um, happen is the um, commissioners from each Power 5 conference are going to be meeting next week. Um, they're going to present um, a couple models to expand the college football playoff. A couple of models are suggesting that they're, they're trying to um, create a 12-team playoff um, going forward. Um, it has – Go through a few other steps. They also have to go through. Um, they have to go through an eleven-member committee that's responsible for the college football playoff. So basically, once they submit their plan, they're submitted to the um, the decision makers for that. So it looks like for the not, I want to say nine times out of ten, but there is a good chance that this um, league is going to, well, the college football playoff is going to expand to twelve teams. Um, your thoughts on it? I'm gonna go to you first, JB. Your thoughts on the um, college football um, expansion? I mean, I've been I've been calling for this for a while, man. Like now, um, I I do think that 12 is kind of a weird number, but I do kind of <laughs> like it because, like, so here's the thing, man. When you think about the college football and when they've expanded to four teams, man, basically it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like four teams have pretty much dominated getting spots. Alabama is one. Clemson is another one. Ohio State and Oklahoma. And I mean, like, I just don't think it's fair to other teams. Um, I mean, you you saw the debacle. I forgot what year it was when uh, TCU had that good record and TCU was ranked number three. And then all of a sudden they went from they beat the mess out of somebody. It was TCU and Baylor. What Chris, what year was that? I, I forgot what year it was. Uh, oh, that was um, TCU Baylor because these um, was that 2015 or was that 2014? Because man, both of those things were rigged. Um, what was ba- 
it might have been because that's before all that stuff kind of went down. Um, yeah, and, uh, and, and it might have been like I think it might have been fifteen. I think I think it was fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I think and you mean you you mean to tell me that a team is ranked number three, they beat somebody by fifty points, and then all of a sudden they went from number three to number five. I, that made no sense to me, man. That kind of like really bothered me because I thought that would have been a great chance for you know TCU to get on a national stage. And you know, my my dad made a very good point about this too. We were talking about this earlier. You know, when 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 all when the same teams keep on getting into it over and over again, a lot of these five star and four star recruits are going to these schools because they're like, oh, man, I want to be on the national stage. I want to play in a playoff game. Whereas I think it's Hmm. good for, you know, per se, like Oregon to make it. And I mean, you have a power five conference. And I mean, it seems like, in my opinion, that. The Pac-12 is is usually disrespected a lot of times when it comes to the playoffs anyway. So, I mean, like – and then you've had other teams too. Like UCF was really good one year. They were, were like, undefeated. Um, You've had a bunch of teams that, like, would have made it. And, you know, I just want to see – because, you know – we, we we saw this in 2006, what happens when a mid-major goes against one of the big boys. They can go toe-to-toe with them because Boise State beat Oklahoma. And a lot of people before the year had Oklahoma winning the national championship and Boise State beat them. So I just think it's good, man. I think it'll be good for the mid-majors. Um, now, 12 is kind of a real – is a weird number. I would like to make it more even, like maybe make it eight or 16 teams. But, I mean, like I think expansion is good, though, in my opinion. Okay. Your thoughts, Maui? I mean, I like um, I like stuff like that anyway because, you know, you have your regular season and then we all know, you know, once you get to the playoffs, you know, it's supposed to intensify. And I think even for the um, for the um, students, I think it will teach them about levels. You know what I mean? Like this is this, now this is this. So I, I like it as entertainment and, like, you know, if I can't make all the regular season games, at least I can set myself up to, to watch the playoffs. I, I think it – it's exciting. You know what I mean? It's something new. Um, I do have some questions for you guys, though, because um, um, I, I know they're trying to change the narrative. Um, I wonder, why do you think that they even want to expand it to, like, 12? Money. Money. It's money. money, man. Money. 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 Okay, so, so, I mean, don't you – do you think they already, like, bringing in money and the numbers already, or you just think that they feel like it's an opportunity – yeah, more games, more money. Yep. Okay. More games, more money, and pretty much gonna pretty much force it's gonna be a because what's gonna happen is gonna be a bidding war between ESPN, uh, Fox, all of them. They, I'm telling you, they gonna college football is pretty much saying, "Hey, bring me my bag. Whoever get, whoever right. has the biggest bag, you can have rights to this." And do you, yep. feel, do you feel like this is they're doing this also because everything is starting to open up? open up and that 2020 season was kind of lost. Yeah. I definitely think that plays a that, that definitely plays a factor in it. And I think mm-hmm. when you sit down and you think about it, it lends itself to having an, an extended because you think about it. Normally the conference championships was, was supposed to be the week the first weekend of December compared mm-hmm. to most championships were the 19th that Saturday for Christmas. So that's a two-week window where, you know, and then you got to think about a lot of stuff was canceled too because you think about even – you think about like the Big Ten, they didn't start until October 24th. The Mm -hmm. ACC started on time, and I think like we look at what – I hate to inject Carolina in in, in the conversation once again, but like Carolina had a situation where they missed 21 days and mm-hmm. was still able to have a still able to have a regular season that um, you know up until you know December, so mm-hmm. it lends itself to it. I think, like you said, I think that's a perfect example where if you really start the season on time, like normal, like you know Memorial Day weekend, then well not more, I mean Labor Day weekend, then right. you have that flexibility where you can have your conference championship the first game, first week of December, and then you can continue an additional round or two a week or two after the conference championships. Mm. So I, mm. I you, think, so, yeah. Do you think that um, they're trying to learn from that? Because one thing I remember about with the pandemic happened, they were trying – everybody was trying to necessarily get themselves to a situation so they can do the playoffs. You remember that? Like yeah. ba- baseball and everybody was like, well, just let us get – 
here. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So we yeah. can go ahead and, and we can just focus on that. You know what I mean? But, yeah. um, you know, that, that's really what my question is. Because I'm like, you know, I don't really watch college football like I probably should. But when I do, I do. And it was always it was always they need a playoff. They was always complaining about these people being ranked number one. It was always these different scenarios. And then people be pissed off. And I'm like, well, why don't you have a playoff? We all know that. Even when they were playing in high school, you know, you, you should have a playoff. I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. Yeah. And I think they know now, like, this is such a great opportunity um, to, to have it. But I think my thing is the 12, like you said, I'm, going, I'm actually, um, I'm agreeing with you, JP, where the 12 is a little bit steep. Because I think if you do 12, I think that's going to ultimately cheapen the regular season. In essence, because it's almost like you're going to let everybody in because you you think about because now I'm telling you, regardless of how we feel. And I know we talked about the mid majors, but they're going to be they're going to be screwed again because, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah, probably. You're going to have two or three SEC teams in that 12 team field. And I mean, you gonna right. It's it's going to I'm telling you, it's going to lend itself to some craziness. I say maybe like maybe at one time I was thinking maybe six. And then the first two seeds get like a bad week or something of that type of nature. Almost kind of like the, how the NFL wild card used to be, where you used to have the six teams and the two first, the two teams have a bad. So that kind of still gives an incentive to win your conference championship. And I think that's been that's been the biggest issue. Where now, if you if you expand it, you just gonna have multiple tiers of these teams right. playing. Which like you you know like if example. You had Alabama and Florida playing last year in the SEC championship. Both of them would, would make it, and they probably would be higher, higher seed, high seeds in both of those matchups. But then also, and I look at like in, in the mid major perspective for you, in your course, what you were saying, JB. But I look at like Coastal Carolina and BYU as kind of like an elimination game last year, where mm-hmm. even though that was not planned. That was a situation where I think I don't know what happened with um, Coastal Carolina's opponent, but I think they they couldn't play or something. I forgot who they were supposed to play, but BYU stepped in twenty four hours before well forty eight hours for that game. Mm-hmm. That to me was like the spot to make the playoffs. But like I definitely think it should expand. But 12, 12 is excessive. I think twelve is going to get to a point where then well, I think you're going. Mm-hmm. Well, how about this? If you do twelve, put a cap on how many teams can come out of a conference. That's my thing. That's right. what I would say. Like, okay, like only two teams can come out of a conference would be mm, would, would, like would, 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 would be would be what mm. I would say. Like, yeah. And that's the thing with would that be the stick? I'm a t- and that in a perfect world that would make total sense, but yeah. I couldn't imagine like you telling that uh, uh uh you know one of these commissioners this because you because we know we just we know how it is. I, I mean that's a great idea. Yeah. You hope that they can agree to that, but I couldn't imagine like the SEC saying, "Oh, we'll agree to that." Because yeah, but I mean, and, and but yeah, I, know, I, mean, I know. And, and, yeah. and, and, but it comes down to greed, man, because that's easy yeah. as well. We right. we will get right. more money, yada yada yada. But yeah, no, I I, I get what you're saying. I, I think that there are pros and cons, and I can see sticking yep. points to each to each to each one. But like you know, like I definitely think that these mid majors are underrepresented. I think that like they're seen as kind of jokes. And I mean, you've seen before. You've seen Boise State go to toe to toe with the big boys before. You've mm-hmm. seen some of these mid majors when they have good teams go toe to toe, and they will go to these some of these Power Five conference teams. So I think. One one of the big things that I've always heard from the people from like, you know, like the big 10. Oh, well, they couldn't so, even beat some of our, they couldn't beat some of our uh, mid tier teams. And you've seen mid majors go on the road to some of these mid tier, like mid major, like these power conferences and beat the hell out of the team. So that's right. not true anymore. So, I mean, like give, right. give these guys a shot, you know? Right. And, and, that's, think, and that's the issue. Yeah. That's the issue. Like, like, you know, and I think, um, you know, a lot of people starting to talk about that, man. Like, you know, like everybody should have an opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody, I mean, in some type of way. And, and and even if the ACC say that, I mean, come on, man. Like, it's better for the sport. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing. It's like we're trying to figure out what's better for the sport. If you the ACC, you the top dog, this, this, and that. But you need to do what you need to do to be the top two in the top two. You know what I mean? And that's another know. thing. Yeah. And that's another thing, too, where you look at – 
and that's another thing too, because you, when you sit down and you really think about it, think about it. Because the SEC could have probably yielded three teams seriously, mm-hmm. like Texas A&M, Florida, and Alabama this year. Yeah, because they both all made it to a New Year Six Bowl. But that's the thing where, and then you look at it, it's and it's weird because even though I'm an ACC guy, but we know there's a a, a huge drop between Clemson and everybody else. Carolina's kind of getting there. They're they're widening the gap. Miami, those type of teams, they're kind of widening the gap. But you know, that's one thing too, where you just look at it from a standpoint of like, it makes sense. It does make sense to expand it. But like we talked about earlier, that twelve is just expansive. It, because even if you think about it, if you do the two teams in each conference. Which in theory makes sense too, because because basically you're gonna put whoever made pretty much is gonna be the two teams who made the conference championships are gonna be those ones that's filling those ten slots, and then the two are gonna be like your wild cards. Maybe you have a you know a Cincinnati, or maybe you know or, you know just using last year uh, Coastal Carolina, yeah. which now that you know that that now that lends itself to that type of possibility where. Um, that could potentially happen. And I think probably they're going to do the, the 10, I mean, do the 12. But like I said, even to your point, JB, it's got to be a cap. It, ha- it, yeah. it has mm-hmm. to be a cap. Yeah, if, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm telling you, even if the SEC commissioner going to have some hell, pretty much you're not leaving this room until we agree to the two teams because, because all that's because I'm telling you, that's going to be the biggest issue. Oh, yeah. They're going to oh, yeah. cry on decision day and they're going to piss. They're gonna be so pissing and bitch about this the whole the whole winter about yeah. oh well and, we only got two teams in. Well, and you don't want it to turn into the SEC Invitational. I mean, like right. and like here and here, yeah, and the, and I think that's the thing too. But I I just think that like teams like Cincinnati, Cincinnati had a hell of a year last year. They weren't even taken seriously. I mean, like right. how can you be undefeated and then you there were teams that had two losses that were ranked that were ranked ahead of Cincinnati. I mean, to me that's, that's just a saying. joke right there. That, that's, that's a joke fun. right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's and cool. they almost beat Georgia. Oh yeah, I know they did. I know they did. And so they, I don't, and they almost beat Georgia. Yeah, and so I don't want to hear that like Cincinnati can't play with so and so. I mean, why, why did they almost beat Georgia if that's the case? Right, and that's I said. Let's figure it out on the, on the big stage, not on just a a, a second uh, a second tier New Year's Day bowl. Let's let's add this and, right. and actually make it meaningful. Right, and think about it, man. Like you said, they almost beat Georgia, and then they in the playoffs, and then that that game comes up again. Yeah. And if they know that, you know, that, that Cincinnati sitting there like, man, we almost beat them. I know we can beat them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Just I'm ready to watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you never know, like, like, let's just say there's a guy from like Ohio or Michigan, like the University of Michigan, Michigan State, maybe it's not giving them any like, you know, they're just like, oh, well. Well, we we might give you a scholarship, but he sees Cincinnati, mm-hmm. and then Cincinnati's like, oh, well, we'll give you a full scholarship, and we see you as a future mm-hmm. player. That could be instrumental in getting a couple of kids who might go, that might just be middling players, like at a Power Five conference to go to Cincinnati. And I think that that would be good, actually. And I think with this too, it'll be more balanced. Eventually, get balanced because if they do this, and yeah. a lot of people are not just going to want to go to the ACC, they're going to say, well, shit. I think I can go here. They give me a full scholarship, and their team yeah. most likely with me. We must most likely get a chance to get into the playoffs because everybody. I'm telling you, regardless, even if I'm just sitting here thinking from a marketing standpoint, if you don't watch college football all year, you're going to watch the playoffs. You're going if it's twelve, especially if it's twelve teams, you're going to do that. You know, what I mean? it's going to be um, everybody's going to make money all around. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, I'm excited. I hope they do. I'm excited. Yeah, and actually two other points um, before we move forward. Um, the transfer portal. I think that's definitely going to help tremendously yeah. for that because yeah. you look at like Alabama and, you know, all, you know, you, you think about like all these power five, you know, these major schools like Clemson, Alabama, the ones like we say that always make the college football playoff. If you just sit on a bench, it might lend yourself, hey, maybe I go down the road to – Auburn, maybe I go down the road to you know UNC. Maybe yeah. I go you know from Ohio State. Maybe I go down the road and play at Bowling Green or Cincinnati. Like mm-hmm. it lends itself to that particular opportunity, but in a selfish way too. I mean, this would be great because you, 
this would be something that probably going to be starting around right before Christmas. It's going to trickle down mm -hmm. into like New Year's. And that's like I'm hoping I'm like and one thing I hope that this does happen that we have New Year's Eve games. I'm I the, I love that first oh, yeah. year and everybody said, "Well, we don't like it because, you know, I got to be with my wife or my girlfriend or my significant other." And I'm thinking to myself, what they gotta do with with single guys who like sports? That has nothing to do with us. That has nothing to do yeah. with you. You you need to plan accordingly. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I remember used to be so. Oh well, my wife wants me to go to some New Year's Eve party. It's a TV deal. I know, man. Smartphones, man. You can stream the right. stuff, man. That's what I was doing last night, man. You know, right. like hey, man. I'm. It's not my fault that you that you I'm that you took on that commitment. <laughs> New Year's at the sports bar, you know what I'm saying? Now everybody's starting to open right. up. They watching the games, you know, being at the colleges too. Like yeah. man, it's, it's um, I just think that, and, you know, and then like man, like it it it, it, it it's, it's slots open because it's, it's a lot of stuff on TV. Like really, network TV don't know what to do. It's sad. They really don't. You know what I mean? They're so lost, and it, and you want and. There's slots open for those those type of games. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I think the old narrative is they're trying to they're trying to change it too. They're trying to get rid of that old narrative and start something new. So, you know what I mean? Don't get left behind like y'all have been. Yeah, exactly. So, fellas, let's talk about H. Um, Julio Jones. So, Julio Jones was traded to the Tennessee Titans. Um, Atlanta received a second round pick in 2022 and then a fourth round in 2023. Uh, JB, your thoughts on Julio Jones in Nashville? Uh, I mean, okay, so like, I mean, like, I, I definitely think that like uh, Julio Jones and, you know, AJ Brown, they're, they're going to be, you know, uh, they're going to be a nice one to do. But to me, like, again, I, I, I don't like this move from the standpoint that if you look at Tennessee last year, and I understand that they lost John New Smith and they lost Corey Davis and they needed, you know, to replace them with somebody. Tennessee's biggest issue last year was not their offense. It was their lack of a pass rush. Like wh what have they done really to like, mm. Hey, we're going to make the other quarterback uncomfortable. I mean, I still have doubts about that defense. So, I mean, yeah, it looks nice. It looks good, but at the end of the day, what's been holding Tennessee back the last few years has not been, you know, their offense. I mean, they have a good – they have, like, a good offense. They move the ball well. They run the football well. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has really, you know, came into his own as an older football player, but their biggest issue has just been they can't get to the quarterback. And Julio Smith, it's going to – it's going to be beautiful, man. How many A.J. Brown, man? Nice one-two punch, but are they going to be able to stop uh, – Josh Allen, are they going to be able to stop Patrick Mahomes? Um, I have my doubts, man. I, I really do. Yeah. So, JB, you think they're smoking mirrors? <laughs> like, I mean, they, 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 they giving us an illusion? I mean, their offense is going to be good, man. I still have them as a playoff team, right. but I think that, like, what – Mike Vrabel is not there just to get them to the playoffs. This man is a very competitive guy, you know, one – Mm -hmm. What three Super Bowl won three Super Bowls with Belichick, or did yep. he win four? Right, right. I mean, Variable right. doesn't want you know just to make the playoffs. He wants to you know get there and you know Boy. get all the way to you know the big game. I mean, I just can't see them getting all the way to the big game. I could be wrong, and you know uh, maybe some of their younger players are going to develop into you know legit pass rushers. But I, I like I said, I think that their offense is going to be great, man. I, but their offense was great the last few years. I mean, ever since they right. put Ryan Tannehill back there, their mm -hmm. offense has been really good. I, I, if you love offense, man, then definitely, man, you're going to want to watch Tennessee. Nick. I mean, no, I'll probably be watching the highlights. I'm, no doubt, man. I mean, right. he's going to help their team, but does he help their defense? I, I don't no. think he does, man. Not at they all. Say they done, they done, Ryan done redid his contract, so they got like $15 million yeah. to the side. They yeah. said that Ryan or, or uh, Julio – has a good chance to be MVP candidate, candidate, and they they putting him at the top two teams in the NFL right now. And I listen to what you're saying. I'm like, wow. But then I heard, why did it? Why did Atlanta get rid of him? Salary cap hell. They couldn't afford him. Okay, okay. Because um, I saw something too, where um, 
they were they were saying some things that you know didn't he have like a hamstring issue? Um, yeah, because he missed. I forgot how many. Yeah, yeah, he missed a chunk of games last year. Right, but I think. So, but I. Oh, so I'm sorry I, to cut you off. I'm no, sorry no, no, it's cool. Man. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna give it to you anyway. But I'm, I'm saying, yeah. I was thinking, okay, why would they? And you said salary cap, and I'm like, okay, where if they trade him and get him on a team, most likely, the Titans will probably give him what he wants. But I lightweight wonder if he kind of like might be somewhat damaged goods because they are already putting a lot of pressure on him that you know he gonna be this, he's gonna be that, he gonna be this, and I'm like, no offense, I mean, I like Julio Jones, but I'm an AB guy, and it's always either AB or Julio. And I'm like, he hasn't even played for him yet, and they already crowned him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that happens. I mean, that's one thing too. Like, yeah. like Twitter went crazy Sunday. Right. I was like, I thought something end up, something was wrong, and they're like, oh right. yeah, man, he got trade. Right. I'm like, what? And I'm sitting there like, no disrespect. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, well, okay, well, shit, it's just. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, you know, but all I, right. You but know, I think when you, deal. I think really the main, the crux of it is this production. Well, managed last year, mm-hmm. where two years ago he had what um 1300, 1300 receiving yards, and then what twenty eighteen mm-hmm. he almost had eight um almost had seventeen hundred. So I think people that's one thing too when you when people look at trades from a psycholo- I guess from a psychological you look at production when it when a player is healthy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think right. even last year I think he had what seven hundred and seventy one yards, which was 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 good, but Julio Jones standard. You know, that's poor, poor for Julio Jones. Yeah, right. Yeah, and Maui, um, I don't, I wouldn't say he's damaged because I, I think last year was just really weird because of mm-hmm. them not having a training camp, no mini camp. Mm-hmm. You saw a lot of soft tissue injuries last year with like right. people having hamstrings and quads, and you know, because even AB, you know, um, I thought AB was going to have a better year than he did last year, and I thought AB. Right was kind of he had his injury issues because you know um even um i think if i'm not mistaken i don't think he really even practiced during their playoff run so i mean i wouldn't look too i wouldn't look too much into it because he's been a pretty durable guy um other Mm -hmm. than last year and i think that this Mm -hmm. year with them having the training camp and everything like that i think he'll be i think he'll be good to go okay yeah yeah like you said and the biggest thing yeah it's great for offense but defense and that's funny. And it's funny. We I've been talking about this at Nas and even last year when we were doing um and the pregame show where it's so funny when you look at and it's funny. Shout out, shout out to my uh, my see you Sunday co-host um, Stephen. And we used to talk about this all the time because like if you if like if you not even like a blind resume, but you think about a Mike Brable team, a former linebacker from you know one of the greatest defensive gurus of all time, and Coach Belichick. And you think he he coached a team? Who you think? What what side of the ball would you think he would be good at as far as coaching wise? You would you think he has a good defense or a bad offense or vice versa? It's it's a mm-hmm. total polar opposite where he has a bad defense but he has a good offense. And we think it's just the whole thing about like, but well, once they get a defense, it's like I said, who are they gonna stop? You know you 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 know. They lost to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, like Josh Allen, you know, all these other guys, and Patrick Mahomes, who, who are essentially going to be in your way in the AFC. And hell, Baker Mayfield. Sorry to say that, Deshaun, but oh, I mean, Baker it Mayfield. is what it is. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's what it is. But yeah, I think that's the thing where you look at that team, you think to yourself, like, Mike Braywell has a team that offense is like a liability. I mean, the defense is a liability. Liability, yeah. It is. It is strange. I've all we've always kind of thought to ourselves like week in and week out last year was like this doesn't even sound right. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it's yeah. Um, I think it'd be a great a great. Um, it's a great addition for them. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has another, of course, another target to throw to, and then a couple with that running game with King Henry. Um, mm-hmm. They're just gonna weigh you down. They're, gonna, they're just gonna weigh you down on that on the ground. And in the air, so I mean, pack your lunch. We well, play the Tennessee Titans team on offense, right? Right. I, I, maybe that's that. Maybe that's what they're going to do is try to control the ball more, and um, maybe that might help the defense. They won't put as much pressure on the defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you said. Yep. Well, yeah, man. So let's put a ball in this week's couch, Coach Live, fellas. 
Um, we're giving out game balls this week for the first time in, in a quite some time. We haven't had game balls in a minute. So right. I'm gonna go with you first. Um, JB, your game ball this week. All right, man. Um, I'm gonna give my game ball to uh, I'm gonna give my game ball to the Joker, man. Like he 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 uh, won yeah. the MVP, man. Like um, I think that it's great that a center won the MVP again. Um, the kid is phenomenal, man. Like um, he's really gotten better every year. So I'm gonna give right. my game ball. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my game ball to the Joker, man. He um, also shout out to uh, them beating uh, Denver. I know a lot of people had uh, shout out to Denver beating Portland. I know a lot of people had Portland winning that series, but I mean, like, it right. was really impressive, man. Like, they've had a bunch of injuries, and, you know, Austin Rivers on a 10-day contract. They're, like they're playing... Point yeah, yeah, they're playing a little leprechaun from mm-hmm. Argentina. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Getting <laughs> rebounds and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Monte Morris is balling, too. So, yeah, man, shout out to the Joker, mm-hmm. man. Like, um, well, 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 well-deserved, well-deserved MVP, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, who you got? Um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give two game balls and it's dealing with boxing. I'm gonna give um the first one to Deontay Wilder for winning his arbitration um against Tyson Fury. Whereas they had a contract to um, have three fights, Tyson Fury tried to move on and fight another guy, and they took it to court. And he was either gonna have to pay twenty to eighty million dollars to Deontay Wilder, or he was gonna have to renegotiate to have another fight. But I'm also giving it to Logan Paul and um. And Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul got paid twenty million dollars for three eight, you know, eight round, three minute eight round, eight round um fight, and Floyd got thirty million. Chad Ochocinco got a million, but the coolest thing about it was that, you know, um, it was one point two million pay per view buys, and you know everyone was saying that you know nobody would want to watch boxing or anything like that and they did it again you know with streaming and everything floyd man they shut down showtime boxing pay-per-view it was a glitch in it like it shut it down and and i hear everybody being negative but i'm gonna tell y'all the truth like because you know i'm gonna tell y'all the truth on on ccl nobody understand that pbc boxing was actually had to renew their contract with fox and cbs and what they used is they had their insurance, which is who we had put. We get Floyd Mayweather in the ring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why this happened. And now from now to August, we're going to have some great fights. So shout out to him, man. Another thing is I, I, I look at Floyd as somebody special and the B.A. with that electricity to be seeing him in the ring again um, was great. And it's sad because people don't understand that it was he was really somebody special. And you may not see anybody like him again. And they really, they really not giving him the respect that he deserved. Um, Cause you know, I, I went back and watched some old fights, man. And I realized that nobody, the crowd has never said Floyd, 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 like, you know what I mean? And they're never going to give him what he really deserved. You know what I'm saying? So I want to give him the game ball. Congratulations. Man. Another yeah. hundred million dollars. I know, man. Yeah. <laughs> A payday like no other, man. Definitely you shout out to that, man. I, yeah, man. I was I didn't even watch the fight. <laughs> it was a school night. So. I mean, I mean, for me, <laughs> you know, I like boxing, and yeah. the guy was huge, B. Like he was huge, and you know, as I was watching it, I was like, you know, I watched Floyd fight. So, like the dude was smart. He if it, if it, he fought the way you would fight, like if you get hit, hold, and he was not small, B. Like Floyd looked like um, Arnold. Yeah. So my game ball goes to Odyssey Alexander, the pride of Palmer Springs, Virginia, uh, the pitcher for uh, the JMU Dukes. Um, she did her thing in the co- college women's world series, uh, 66 strikeouts. Um, she pitched 64 and two thirds innings out of a possible 20, 71 and two thirds innings. So she pretty much pitched 90% of the innings pitch, um, for the, for the Dukes. Then also she had, um, a hundred, well, I mean, 1,057 total pitches. Um, definitely huge shout out to JMU. They were the darling of the college, uh, women's world series, even though they did end up losing, um, to Oklahoma in the semifinals, but definitely a team that was unseated, made it to the college world series, 
um, semifinals. So definitely a huge shout out to the to the Lady Dukes and obviously um, to um, Odyssey Alexander. So, right. fellas, yes, fellas, uh, final thoughts before we head on out. Great show. Yeah. It was good to be back. And yeah. I appreciate you guys for being so uh, nice because I know deep down, ooh, y'all wanted to get me. <laughs> but I will say this. It's, it was a sacrifice for the Lakers not to be in because with the, a lot of stuff I predicted is happening because Trey Young is doing his thing. So is Booker in the playoff. So yeah. is Utah, you know. Oh, you muted. You muted. Can't hear you. Oh, I was about to yeah. say, um, the one thing that um, I really like about Trey Young is like the whole thing with, with New York, man. That shit was just, oh, yeah. oh my God, man. Right. I was loving it. I was loving it. It was like, he's like this, the new light-skinned villain. <laughs> yeah, he's Reggie Miller. He's Reggie Miller yeah, he's in New a, York. He's, right. a, he's, he's, he's a new work. He, I just loved uh, him going uh, at them game one, game two, and game five. I loved Capella because like, you know, like they were saying like the Knicks were trying to, you know, to bully them and stuff like that. And Capella like outright said after game four, he was like, well, we're, we're sending you home. We're sending you guys <laughs> home. And they, and they did it, man. It was beautiful, man. Yeah. <laughs> Any final thoughts, JB? Uh, no, nah, man. No, no final thoughts, man. It was great talk. It was great talking to you guys. Um, no, Deshaun, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to rub it in, man. It was just. It was just sad, man. I felt bad for LeBron actually because there were a few. There were a few games sometimes in that game six where he was kind of looking at Schroeder like, like, what the fuck, man. I, I do not want you no. on the team next year. Okay. I, I don't want I you was, on the team next year. I, I didn't want to tell y'all this, but I didn't watch the game. So I went by my dad's house three days later. He was yeah. like, man, I ain't watching that stuff. <laughs> so look, I couldn't take it. So I was watching it through Google yeah. right in the middle of the second quarter. And I said, Booker got 34 points? <laughs> I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, they're not playing no defense. And then I looked at the Lakers stats, and I was like, Schroeder ain't got no points? It's only LeBron and um, fucking KCP. I was like, man, this is crazy. Yeah, man, it was sad, man. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Once again, another great show here on Couch Coach. Right? Yeah, we we was you know we ain't, um it wasn't even that situation where we was gonna dog you. It was over. It wasn't even that serious. We knew kind of going in that this team was kind of not at full strength, so it won't you know. <laughs> it won't even really, ain't even really nothing to be like, kind of like clowning for because hey, it was gonna happen. Look, I think LeBron knew that he was like, man, I'm not about yeah. that because they lost. They was down. They ended up losing by 13. And I think LeBron, they said like the like what seven minutes left or five minutes left. He went out the game. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. At the 10. Yeah. And I think he was like, man, I'm not about to do this again. No. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all not doing this to me. Yep. So yeah, once again, another another great show. Uh <clears throat> follow us on social media, uh Couch Coach Live, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, also um new podcast, check it out. Um, new podcast, Man. um, watch the football guys podcast every Wednesday, every Friday. Starting this Friday at 8 o'clock with my guy Rob Cruz on the Football and Chill podcast. We're forging together and having the ultimate uh, Washington football-centric podcast. Um, everybody's new favorite Washington football podcast debuts this Friday. Um, that and then also, um, once again, every Monday, uh, check me out on the NBA Carousel as, as I talk about the L.A. Clippers, the only L.A. team that's <laughs> that's in the playoffs. I'm sorry. No, hello. No, hello. But yeah, no, so <laughs> definitely check me out there on Mondays at 8 o'clock. Come on, time. And um, yeah, man. So yeah, man, this has been this week's Couch Coach Live, man. We will catch you guys next week. Come on, Joker. I need you. <laughs> <Don't care. laughs> You're welcome. All right, fellas. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. All right.